as the CEOs, we can feel like it's our responsibility to create, to create the system, to create the SOP. But as you are having people like a VA and assistant on your team and that begins to grow, they can be responsible for number one, creating the standard operating procedures, but also keeping those up to date. So there's definitely things that I'm still explaining and then my team are kind of taking it and running with it, but I'm also trying to <laughs> let the reins go and allow them to create new standard operating procedures from scratch too. Again, the mantra of allowing myself to be supported in all of the ways and investing my time now in a way that's going to yield a big ROI down the line. We're surrounded with the message that entrepreneurship is the hard life, the stressful life, the burnout, hustling and pushing is par for the cause. And while scaling a business isn't without its challenges, I am passionate about showing women that we get to step into financial overflow doing what we love. I'm on a mission to not only help you scale your impact and your income, but also to support you in running your business in a way that allows you to reclaim time back to spend with the people that you care about most. Join me for interviews, trainings and musings on sales and marketing and mindset because I'm a firm believer that our businesses grow at the same rate that we do. I'm your host Naomi Powell, wife, mother, speaker and business coach and this is the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Hello my friends and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. So, one of the areas in my business that I have been working on intensely over the last few months is really about delegating and team. And it's something that I've been talking about a lot on my stories. And you guys have been asking me, like, how do I approach scaling my team? What does that look like from behind the scenes? So I thought it could be really powerful to come and talk about this today on the show. Because definitely outside of the delivery, when it comes to the CEO work, such a big part of that is creating a team that is all aligned to support the vision. As we are supporting more people, as our ascension model is growing, as the moving parts and the complexity of our business, I say complexity, our business is pretty simple, but more of the moving, there's so much more moving parts than there once were. It has become even more important for me to really lean into putting the right people in the right seats. And for me also to grow, not just when it comes to delivering in the service, but also being that CEO that's making executive decisions, being really crystal clear on who needs to be part of the team in order to further the mission, what they, what they need to be working on, the ways that I'm becoming the bottleneck of my business. So a lot of my time now when I'm not in client delivery is looking at my business from a bird's eye perspective and really thinking about putting people in the right seats and not only what that looks like today, but also thinking into the future and making sure that we're not just hiring people once we really need them, but we're really being strategic in forecasting what those hires need to look like. So I'm not here saying that I'm an expert when it comes to this. This has definitely be, been one of the areas of my entrepreneurial journey that I'm definitely always learning and growing and kind of evolving into, but I thought it could be really helpful today to just kind of share where I'm at and what that looks like for us. 
If you haven't already, definitely go and check out episode 140 of the podcast, because in that episode, I really spoke about what it's looked like from a team perspective as I have been mapping out my upcoming maternity leave. But I want you to know that what I share in that episode has got nothing to do with, it's not just about a maternity leave. This could be ideas that's really going to help you in terms of creating a business that allows you to have more space to work on work on the parts of your business that really light you up and the parts that really drive the needle in your business. So I kind of started that conversation over there on episode 140, but wanted to use this episode to really go more into the nuts and bolts. Another quick recommendation, if delegating and team is something that you are really focused on, I cannot recommend Gino Wickman's books, Traction and Rocket Fuel enough. When I really started trying to learn more about like organizational and accountability charts and all of that kind of stuff, having a book like Traction that really breaks it out step by step, like what things you should be thinking about was really, really helpful for me. So that is just Traction and also Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman. Definitely, definitely recommend. So even before I started working on the nuts and bolts of what this would look like, one of the things that I've been really leaning into is an even deeper trust that the more I let go operationally and with the execution of my business, the more I open myself up to be creative, to have that creative flow, to have more space for critical thinking and ideas and doing the visionary work that not only keeps me excited and energized about my work, but also continues to facilitate the quantum leaps in our business growth that I'm always talking about. And I want to quickly talk about the mastery and the excitement about our work part, because I think this is something that a lot of us think about when we're doing exercises, like what does my dream week look like in my business? We often say, you know, having time to do personal development and personal growth, but oftentimes that falls by the wayside. Or if we are delegating, we decide to just put more work on our plates. And I love that in his book, Clockwork, Run Like Clockwork, Mike McCallowitz says that, that productivity is not just about creating more time to create more work. It is about being able to enjoy the spaciousness. So part of me delegating hasn't just been about me being more efficient in the way that I use my time. It has also been about giving myself the spaciousness to be the visionary. And a big part of being the visionary is about learning up-leveling, getting coached, leaning into more mastery. So it's been such a fun season in business for me as I've been doing that, allowing myself to be supported with all of the coaches. I have been following my intuitive hits and joining programs and courses that are allowing me to up-level my skills. And it's just brought so much fresh energy and excitement to everything that we're doing. I'm bringing that energy back to my team. And I'm also bringing that energy back to my marketing. In one of my recent episodes here on the show, I was talking about that, that how would you be approaching your business if you knew that it wasn't about how many times you showed up, but it was about your energy if your energy, you believe that your energy was the thing that drove sales. And I firmly believe that. And I think we've all seen those people who 
we're following and you even feel like they've fallen out of love with what they're doing. And I think it's oftentimes because we're still talking about the same things that we've been talking about for years. And I got to a point where there were certain things that I was sharing that was starting to feel old and it was starting to feel stale. And if I am looking at my own content and I'm feeling a little bit bored about what I'm sharing, then it's time to shake things up. So it's been so cool to be able to have more time just to even focus on that side too and being really creative and allowing that flow to come through. I've also really been challenging myself in my focus on working less to be asking myself better questions. So I've been constantly challenging myself to to look at how can I not only work less, but how can I work better? Because especially once I have my baby and I'm in the newborn stage, I want to be able to give myself the space to be in flow as we're navigating what our new normal is in this new season of life. So again, this is something that I'm always looking at periodically and asking myself this question of getting clear on what is my biggest contribution strategically and energetically in the business today. That is constantly changing. If I think about what my business looked like in quarter three of last year, It's completely different to what it is now as we're entering quarter two. So I'm constantly asking myself, okay, with everything that we have on our plate right now, what does it look like for me to be operating in the areas of the business where I can make the biggest strategic and energetic contribution? And it's just facilitated this beautiful shift in the way that I am running my business and thinking about my business. So one of the things that I've been really cognizant of is, like I said, letting go. As we're doing new things in our business, as we've been tweaking our offers, as we've been adding new layers of our offers, we've been bringing in more contractors, more agencies. There's so many new things that we're doing. And naturally, as we're growing our businesses, the systems that once worked no longer work. So you have to create completely new ones. So very much the last six months of our business has been this process of breaking down a lot of the old systems and standard operating procedures and building them up from scratch. What my natural tendency is, and a lot of us as entrepreneurs who were once doing everything, is constantly saying, do you know what? This is going to be easier for me to just do it. So I can just do this quickly because they don't know how that works. So for example, we've been doing Facebook ads. We've just hired a Facebook ads team last quarter, which is really, really exciting. And I know the back end of our Facebook ads. So I would quickly say like, I can just quickly pop in and do that. But now I've been challenging myself to record what are all of the things that I say on a day-to-day basis that I will just quickly pop in and do. Because quickly adds up very, very quickly. And we start to feel like, where is my time going? Why am I not having more time to do the things that move the needle? But it's because we're still holding on to a lot of those tasks. So again, one of the mantras that I've really been leaning into is how can I allow myself to be supported in one way, in more ways? And instead of just having this mindset of, oh, oh, this is just a small thing. It's easier for me to just do it. Instead being like, no, I am going to be 
investing time. And it may feel like it's a little bit more laborious right now and doesn't feel very time efficient to document what I'm doing, but I'm going to invest the time right now because I know it's going to save me so much time compounded over time. So again, every time that those moments come up, I'm taking inventory of it. So sometimes I have the capacity to create a standard operating procedure in that moment or to like record my screen as I was going to do the task that I would have just automatically done. But now we're trying to experiment with things like when we do our team huddle, whether that is at the end of a week or the end of a quarter, me just kind of brain dumping after collecting a lot of those tasks that I've been doing and just walking my whole team or the relevant team members through what that looks like. And I've been delegating the task of creating the operating standard operating procedures so that as we're doing new things, the onus isn't on me to document how to do it. It's like, okay, do we like the way that we're doing this new thing or an old thing? Um, what do we, what do you think that the procedure needs to be moving forward? Okay. Sign that off. That's now our operating procedure. And you're responsible of constantly being on top of that and keeping it updated. So again, as the CEOs, we can feel like it's our responsibility to create, (laughs) to create the system, to create the SOP. But as you are having people like a VA and assistant on your team, and that begins to grow, they can be responsible for number one, creating the standard operating procedures, but also keeping those up up to date. So there's definitely things that I'm still explaining and then my team are kind of taking it and running with it, but I'm also trying to (laughs) let the reins go and allow them to create new standard operating procedures from scratch too. Again, the mantra of allowing myself to be supported in all of the ways and investing my time now in a way that's going to yield a big ROI down the line. Another thing that I've been doing is energy tracking. Often as CEOs, we perform the queen bee role in our business. And again, that queen bee role was coined by Mike Michalowicz in his book, Running Like Clockwork. The queen bee role is the thing that, but for that role being performed or delivered, you wouldn't have a business. So for example, in my business, it is the delivery, the client delivery side right now, all of our courses, the course material, all of the coaching and our programs is delivered by me. So that would be a queen bee role. And also the visibility and marketing. So the content side that generates the sales for that. Those are two two massive tasks that only I can do. So I am, again, constantly challenging myself. What did I actually do this week? And I'll look back. What did I have on my to-do list versus what I actually did? What were some of the tasks that I was doing that stopped me from performing these, these two really core Queen Bee tasks? Because anything that's not delivery or visibility in marketing somebody else can do. So I'm constantly tracking at the end of the week. Again, what did I set as my objectives and my priorities for the week? What are some of the tasks that I did this week that took me away from it? Again, so I'm having at the forefront the ways that my time is being pulled away from those things. Because oftentimes when I speak to entrepreneurs and I'm like, you you need to be outsourcing. They're like, I don't, I feel like I'm working harder than I should do, but I don't know where I should be outsourcing, like what would those things be? 
by getting into the habit of doing this, it's going to become really, really clear. So everything else that's not that, I'm like, okay, that that gets to be delegated. And that doesn't mean that you're delegating straight away. It's about having the awareness of what those tasks are that are pulling you away so that then you can start forecasting. This quarter, you may not be in the financial position to delegate that thing out and outsource it. But by knowing it, you can start interviewing, you can start getting a pulse of what it would cost to outsource that out. So you're using that to inform what your sales need to be this this quarter. And you can be really strategic and intentional. Sometimes we just say, oh, but I don't have the budget for it. So I'm not even going to think about it. But how are you going to get the budget for it if you're not being strategic about it today? Friends, doors to my 12-month Thrive Mastermind are officially open for enrollment. So Thrive is for coaches and service providers already making at least eight to $10,000 a month or very close to it, who are ready to be in an environment that calls you to play bigger. An environment that provides you with the guidance and direction to make 20 to 40K months your new normal in a way that feels light, simple, intuitive, and uniquely yours. Thrive is my baby and the place to not only grow as a business owner, but in all the ways. So if you are feeling called to join us in Thrive, head to the link in the show notes to learn more. So we start jotting it down. And this is one of the things that we've been getting better and better at, that we're not just hiring at the stage where it's like, oh my God, we needed them like months ago. Because I'm getting clear on what all of these things are, I am really mapping out what does what do our hiring look like next quarter, the quarter after that. So even when I look at 2021 in my business, I know all of the people that I need to be hiring. And again, not all of them are right now but I'm projecting out. And that is also informing what our revenue and our profitability needs to be looking like in the preceding quarters. So that has been really cool. Um, One of the things that I definitely would say is that the... Mike McCallavitt's team, he they use that concept of the four T's and I speak about it a lot. It's become something that I'm always teaching um, my clients about. And his, the four T's are the trim, trash, transfer and treasure. That is so, so important in deciding the next point, which is the right people in the right seats and making sure that who you're delegating things to actually generates revenue. So for example, one of the things that I often see is that people will delegate or have delegated in the past and then they felt really burnt by it because they're like, it was an expenditure and I never got a return on my expenditure. So I feel really triggered about hiring. Oftentimes why that is, is because you've delegated things that don't actually generate revenue, right? So the key thing is for you to be really clear on what that looks like. So first of all, before you just start delegating things out, you want to be trimming and trashing anything that is not yielding results. So that is the four T's. It's trim, trash, transfer, treasure. 
What I often see happening with people who have felt burnt by delegating in the past is because they've transferred things that they should have trashed in the first place, things that weren't actually moving the needle. A prime example of this is, for example, you have a Facebook group that isn't actually generating you any sales and you hire a VA and one of their biggest tasks is like moderating and managing your Facebook group. Naturally, that is not going to yield an ROI for you because the activity that you're getting them to do doesn't give you an existing ROI. So just having someone manage it doesn't mean it's going to give you an ROI. So you want to be making sure that with those tasks that you're getting clear on that take up your time, are they actually cash flow activities? Are they revenue generating activities? Before you even think about delegating, you want to be <laughs> trashing those things or trimming them, iterating on them so that when you are delegating, you're very clear that you're delegating something that will give you an ROI. And the other part of that is, again, just to overcome the fear of investing in delegating is what will you do with the time that you get back to yield more income than what it's costing you to get your time back? Again, that's one of the fears that come up, goes into investing. Oh, it feels really risky. Am I going to get an ROI? You only get an ROI when your delegating is intentional. So first, you're delegating out things that help generate revenue, right? So it may be that that thing specifically isn't the revenue generating thing, but it frees your time up with things that are important, that aren't things that you need to trim or trash, so that the time that you now have back is going to yield way more than what you're paying to delegate that thing out. And that's where delegating becomes so exciting. <laughs> it's neutral at worst and it's exciting at best because you can see very clearly the pathway to cash flow. That is the sole reason why I'm always challenging my clients, leverage your profits, leverage your profits. We always want our money to be working harder than us, using our money to make more money. And that's so much of the work that we do in Thrive they already have their offers down packed. Yes, we do work on tweaking them, making them even better, making sure that they have the most profitable Ascension model as possible. But it really is about like putting gasoline on it. And that's where the team part becomes really, really important. So yes, you want to be making sure that you're delegating, you're delegating things that actually generate revenue. Next point that has been really helpful for me in thinking about delegating and team is about this whole putting the right people in the right seats. And Gino um, Wickman, he really goes through this in his book, Traction. One of the things that I did in the early stages of my business that definitely served that stage was focusing on generalists. So I would have like one contractor, like a VA that does everything. So doing a little bit of social media, a little bit of graphics, a little bit of client support, a little bit of scheduling. So they were like the jack of all trades. And when you are starting out in business and you have limited resources, totally, that is like such a powerful place to start. But what I often see is that a lot of entrepreneurs will stay there and they'll start putting even, they get into the habit like, oh, delegating feels really good. And they'll start putting lots of really strategic things onto the plates 
on the team members who are generalists. And this is where, again, people will feel really burnt by past experience of investing. So like, you know, I got them to be doing my newsletter and I wasn't making any sales for my newsletter. And I'd say, how can you put somebody who is your VA, who is your assistant, whose main expertise is organizing, scheduling, to be writing content marketing, conversion copywriting for your newsletters. It's unfair. We need to be setting people up for for success and putting them in seats that they can actually thrive in. So I think sometimes because of that, and we're trying to also pay at that rate for an assistant, but we're expecting them to deliver as experts. So that was the thing that I did when I started making more profit into my business and really focusing on sales. And you guys, that's the reason why I'm always saying, especially when you're in the beginning of business, don't get distracted by 101 things. This is what stops you from being able to have the profit to reinvest back and be more strategic. You just need to be focusing on marketing and sales, marketing and sales, so, and you know, having the profitable pricing to support it. So once I was doing that, I had more profit. And now in my business, it's less about hiring lots of generalists. Yes, we have we have done that because the more complex things are becoming, we need more people being able to execute. But we focused first on hiring experts, hiring people who really knew what they were doing. Um, and then supporting those hires with people who can execute on the strategies that they've really helped us with. So what does that look like in practice? So for example, now we have a copywriter on our team who's on a retainer, which has been amazing because again, I may be a journalist, but I want someone who is so well-versed in what's going on right now in terms of conversion marketing. And in me not doing that, again, it's been able, I've been able to free my time and she's able to turn copy around so quickly because this is just her sole focus. So you can see, again, you want someone who knows what they're doing, especially when this is, you create, you need someone to create copy that's actually going to really move the needle and drive sales. So we have a copywriter, we have, um, a publicity team. So we work with a, um, a PR agency, before, again, that was a job that my VA would do. My VA would be pitching me to podcasts. But again, I was like, now we have the profit. I want to be making sure that we are investing in a team that already has really strong relationships with the platforms that have a captive audience of people that we could really serve powerfully. So we now have a publicity team. Um, we have a graphic designer. Again, I've really now... We want our visuals to be cohesive. We want people to be able to see whether it's a photograph or a graphic and know that that's our brand. And we can't do that if we're doing it on a kind of wing and a prayer. But again, I want to stress that these are things that I'm thinking about now as my business is really growing and evolving. Not having these things in place was totally fine. The fact that I'm only doing these things now, I hope that shows you that you don't have to have all of these bells and whistles to get started. I see that a lot of people will spend way too much money in the beginning or buffer thinking about, I need a graphic designer, I need all of this in order to generate sales and it slows them from actually generating sales. So I want, 
only doing this at the stage of business that I'm at now. Um, So again, having the right people in the right seats that can really help us with being strategic in these core areas and then really supporting that with people who can execute on the strategies. And what I now do is when I am working with those agencies, I make sure that I'm on those calls, but I will either record those calls so that some of the executors on my team can then go and listen to those calls, or a lot of those people are more than happy for me to have my team members on the call. So it's really good for me. I have a pulse of what's going on in my business without needing to be in the weeds so that I'm still keeping on top of everything. Um, And then we have this inbuilt infrastructure in our business where we have people to really execute. Because even with things like our Facebook ads, there's so many moving parts. Like we may need to tweak a bit of copy or we may need to change one of the graphics to keep the ad creative really fresh. So again, having copywriters and people that can then go off and do those things allows us to move a lot faster. But one thing that I would also say is that, again, I'm not only reflecting on the task that I'm doing, but also how I feel when I'm doing it. What what does my energy look like throughout the week? And one of the things I've noticed recently as we've been scaling out our team is that I would be, I'd end the days feeling exhausted. I would end the week being like, absolutely shattered. And it was because while I was having more time, I wasn't, I was out of the execution. I was now splitting my time between visionary CEO mode and manager mode. For those of you who have read, um, oh my God, what, what's the name of the book? It's one of my favorite ones. It'll come back to me, but he has, um, the three modalities where it's like, you are the technician you are the manager, and then you've got the entrepreneur. And he's like, we need to be spending more time in the entrepreneur mode. So I had removed myself from the technician, the doer, executor mode. But now I was finding myself when I wasn't in visionary mode, spending a lot of time in manager mode. So that was like signing things off, overseeing projects. Um, So I would have a morning full of client calls, and then we'll hop on Slack and we'll have lots of messages from different team members, different agencies requiring an answer for me. So it would almost be like going into a new shift of manager mode. And that was really exhausting. So again, I started to ask myself better questions. And this is where sometimes we can go into a low vibration and be like, see, I don't like this. This is why I shouldn't have even hired a team. I'm not a person that wants a team, blah, 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 blah and go into the mindset drama. But instead, I asked myself better questions. So I was asking myself, what would this need to look like for it not to be depleting in my energy this way? What would my org chart, our our organizational chart need to look like to overcome this? And what that meant was empowering my integrator to make more decisions on my behalf. So she didn't feel like she needed to run lots of decisions by me, And so I needed to think, what does she need to know about the way that I approach decisions, like my thought process, what I like, what I don't like, so she can make a lot of those empowered decisions. And I can feel really confident that if she's making a decision, it's like I have made the decision. Again, so that the ball can keep rolling without me. 
one of my big focuses is that I want it to be that when I am in visionary mode or with clients or being coached or mentored myself or just living my life with my family, my team are able to continually keep the ball rolling without me so that I am not the bottleneck in our ability to continue to grow. Um, And I also, in asking myself that better question, was realizing that I was desiring more of a buffer between me and some of those daily decisions, daily things that naturally come up in business so that I can use more of my brain capacity for different things. Um, So again, it was like, in order for her to have more time to make some of these decisions, I then had to ask, how can I free up her time so that she's not getting so bogged down into execution um, that is then having a ricochet effect on me? And that's why we then started coming up with the reality that maybe we need to have more executors on our team so that her sole role is making a lot of decisions, the decisions that I was used to doing. So you can see that it is a it's constantly evolving. It's constantly evolving. But again, if you're so bogged down in client delivery, when are you having the time to do any of this CEO stuff? And this is where I see a lot of entrepreneurs who are already making six figures really struggle in transitioning from six figures to multiple six figures. And it's because they've now mastered marketing They have really great offers. They're getting people results. So they're getting sales. But now they become the bottlenecks. They spend all of their time in client delivery. So they don't have any time to be looking at their business like this from a bird's eye perspective. So I just wanted to walk you through what the evolution has looked like for us. What have been some of the things that have informed some of those decisions so that it can really inspire you to start asking yourself some of those questions too, as you continue to grow and scale your businesses. So I invite you to ask yourself today, what could you delegate today so you can feel supported in impacting more people, in calling in more revenue and allow you to grow in a way that just feels more joyous, more spacious, but also more intentional. Because as I'm always saying here on the show, it's not just about doing more for the sake of it. It's not just about delegating for the sake of it. It's that intentionality and that critical thinking behind it that is so, so important. So what would that look like for you? And also reflect on what is the opportunity cost of you not delegating? We had this recently in one of my masterminds where one of my clients came to me and was like, hey, I know that I need to delegate, but can I? Can we walk through the numbers to, so I'm really clear on how this is making sense. And when we did, she realized that if she wasn't going to delegate this big project that she had, it would have cost her maybe four or five months. That's how long it could have potentially taken her a whole quarter to deliver this. Whereas if she actually got the support, she would have been able and reinvested some of her profits back into getting some of these freelancers to help her on a special projects basis. She could get this out in a month and would then be able to be generating revenue quickly for it. So not only is she claiming her time back and able to get this out there in the world and start actually generating money, 
She also had her mental sanity back because she wouldn't have to be in all of the weeds of it. So sometimes it's easy to say like, oh, I'm going to do that later. But it is important, again, as part of this CEO time and CEO analysis to be looking at what is the opportunity cost of going slow, both from the way that you feel in your business perspective, but also in your ability to prioritize cash flow. So (laughs) I'm going to stop it there. I hope that today's episode has been really helpful. And as always, please feel free to hit me up in the DMs on Instagram and continue this conversation. I am just at the Lifestyle Edit. Otherwise, I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of the show. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. This episode of the show is brought to you by Offers That Sell, our free online workshop that walks you through exactly how to consistently attract ready-to-invest dream clients your way without working yourself into burnout. Because let's be honest, client delivery is the easiest part. It's everything else your business needs, the marketing, the strategy, the sales. So if you're feeling like you're doing all the things, but no matter how much you work, no one's responding to your content, much less booking out your offers, my friends, it is time to change that. You may have had some luck signing a few clients, but luck isn't what you're about. You want consistently booked. You want to be getting your work out into the hands of the people who would be best served by it. You want your business to feel like yours, and this workshop will show you how. So head to the show description to secure your place. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up. Yeah.